Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. Good, good, good to be with you. How are you? I pray that you are well as always and loving God and growing closer to Him and leading your children and one another closer to our Lord. It's the only thing to do in these days, especially as we're going to the stores and Christmas has been, Christmas displays have been out since January or July or whatever it was. It's really, it's awful. Um, but um, but we have the God of all the earth. To me, whenever I have to go, have to go into a store, it's uh, a reminder of the God who came from heaven to us, that we would be in the world and not of it. And right now we are going through the Catechism Explained, which is the Catechism of Trent, um, with its full explanation from by Reverend Sparago. And yesterday we began at the knowledge of God, and today number two is divine revelation. And I know many of you wish to get that catechism and follow along with us. Um, there are many versions of the Council of Trent. It's all the Council of Trent, but different publishers. The catechism explained that I'm working with is... Um, uh, published by Mediatrix Press, and you can get it. it. It might be published by other publishers as well, but I don't think it matters. It's the Catechism Explained by Reverend Sparago. You'll have the same one, even if it's in different a font typeset. So under Divine Revelation, um, Reverend Sparago says, if anyone stands in a room behind a gauze curtain, he perceives all those who are passing in the street, and they see him not. But if he makes himself known by speaking, the passers-by are all able to recognize him. Such is our relation to God. He sees us, but conceals himself from our eyes. And yet he has in many ways made himself known to men, to Abraham, to Moses, in the burning bush, to the Israelites on Mount Sinai, etc. God has in his mercy, in the course of ages, often revealed himself to men. That's the beginning first two verses of Hebrews chapter 1. God has often communicated to men a knowledge of his perfections, his decrees, and his holy will. Such revelation is called supernatural, as opposed to the natural revelation of himself that he makes through the external world. And I mentioned yesterday, Romans 1.19, God has created within every single one of us the knowledge of his existence, not the knowledge of of his son, not the knowledge of scripture, but naturally we know there's no one who is without excuse for not knowing that there is a God. Uh, point two here, God's revelation to man is generally made in the following way. He speaks to individuals and orders them to communicate to their fellow men the revelation made to them. 
thus I'm going to refrain from commenting because I'm sure this explanation covers it all and more than I would say. Thus God spoke to Abraham, Noah, and Moses. He sent Noah to preach to sinful men before the flood. He sent Moses to the Israelites when they were oppressed by Pharaoh. Sometimes God spoke to a number of men who were assembled together as when he gave the law to the people on Mount Sinai, or when our Lord was baptized by St. John, and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, a voice being heard from heaven, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Sometimes God revealed himself through angels, as for instance to Tobias, through the archangel Raphael. When God spoke to men, he took the visible form of a man, or of an angel, or he spoke from a cloud, as on Sinai, or from a burning bush, as he did to Moses, or amid a bright light from heaven, as to St. Paul, or in the whispering of the wind, as he did to Elias, or by some interior illumination. Those to whom God revealed himself, and who had to bear witness, before others to the divine message were called messengers from God and often received from him the power of working miracles and of prophecy in proof of their divine mission, such as the miracles that God wrought through Moses before Pharaoh and the apostles, the miracles, and Elias. Point three, those who were specially entrusted with the communication of men of the divine revelation were the following, the patriarchs, the prophets, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and his apostles, who are the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the prophets, the rest of the Old Testament, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and his apostles. Revelation is to mankind in general, what education is to individual men. Revelation corresponds to the needs of the successive stages of human development, to the infancy, childhood, and youth of mankind. <clears throat> I'm thinking of the evangelist John's first letter, the first John. He writes to young men, to teenagers, and to old men. The same words, but they're understood in deeper fashion by the level of our maturity. The patriarchs who had more of the nature of children needed less in the way of precepts, and God dealt with them in more familiar fashion. The people of Israel, in whom, as in the season of youth, self-will and sensuality was strong, had to be trained by strict laws and constant correction. But when mankind had arrived at the period of manhood, then God sent his son and introduced the law of love. Let me give you an, uh, an example that I've often thought of. You say to your um, three-year-old, don't you put a foot in that street. Don't you cross the street without mommy or without daddy. And if the little child does, you go and give him a little red rear end. I hope you do. Because it's for his life. He can't judge how fast a truck is coming if he even thinks to look. He's just running. So 
you have to give in the law. Don't you ever put your foot out in the street, in the sidewalk, off the sidewalk, without mommy or daddy. That's law. When he's 17, you don't do that anymore. Because what you taught him as law, as he was little, the understanding of it has become intrinsic. And now he understands the danger and he can manage himself. The same thing here from the Old Testament. I have always felt they're ones that God raised his children, his people, Israel, as a parent raises their children. The the Old Testament's a coloring book. A coloring book, killing animals as the price of sin so that they could see the blood, even their own little lambs, maybe whom they loved, they could see the blood as a consequence of their sin. Uh, People put to death for sin, uh, all of that. They could see it as a coloring book. They had to obey the law. Could the law save them? Absolutely not. The law was holy and righteous and good. It came from a God who's holy and righteous good, but it could not save. It could only point them to the one who could. The law, says St. Paul, was our tutor, our schoolmaster, to lead us to Christ. And so the patriarchs who had more of the nature of children needed less in the way of precepts. And God, because you don't give precepts to children, and God dealt with them in more familiar fashion like you do a child. The people of Israel in whom, as in the season of youth, self-will and sensuality was strong. They had to be trained by strict laws and constant correction. But when mankind had arrived at the period of manhood, Then God sent his son and introduced the law of love. It's a higher law. It doesn't negate the law. But it's a law not done by children out of fear. It's a law obeyed through love of God who gave it. All of those who declared to men the divine revelation, the Son of God was preeminently the true witness. He says of himself, quote, For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, that I should bear testimony to the truth. He was of all witnesses the best, because he alone had seen God. The apostles also had to declare to men the divine revelation. They had to bear witness of what they had seen, and above all, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. With the revelation given through Christ and his apostles, the revelation that was given for the instruction of all mankind was concluded. As an evangelical Protestant for 18 years, beloved, trying to save Catholics, I thought that the Catholic Church taught that revelation continues. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Martin Luther and all those of the Reformation that left the Catholic Church believe what the Catholic Church has always taught, that revelation ceased with the last apostle. Nothing new. Development of doctrine, development of understanding. You tell everything to your children as children, and then they get older and you apply it, and they say, you didn't tell us that. Well, I did. But this is the application, this development of understanding not a new revelation. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. We'll be right after the break, and we'll take your calls right after the second break. God bless you.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. We'll see you then. May God love you. Praise be to Jesus. the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station when it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic, has enriched my faith, and sold me during tough times, and made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we are on our way to uh, the second half of the hour and at the second break in about uh, 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, we will take your calls, your texts, your emails and the toll-free number to call. You can call now, you can call at any time, including during the break, is one 511 5483 You can text at that number as well or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We are... Um, going through the Catechism Explained, um, the Commentary on the Council of Trent by Reverend Sparago, published by Mediatrics Press. It's a pretty thick book, uh, somewhat on the order of the Baltimore Catechism, but instead of merely questions and answers, it's questions, answers, and full, ex- beautiful explanations of the faith. And this morning we began with divine revelation and the point that divine revelation through the prophets uh, and apostles ceased at the last, uh, with the last apostle, absolutely ceased. Nothing new has been given. Further development, explanations, but there is no revelation uh, added after that of the last apostle. And the uh, catechism goes on in point four to say, even since the death of our Lord and his apostles, God has often revealed himself to men, 
Yet these subsequent revelations are no continuation of the earlier revelation on which our faith rests. Instances of these subsequent revelations are the appearances of our Lord, for example, to Blessed Margaret Mary, of Our Lady of Lords. Such revelations must not be too lightly credited, as men are likely to be deceived, yet they must not be rejected without examination. Many of the saints have had such revelations. St. Francis of Assisi, to whom our Lord appeared upon the cross, St. Anthony of Padua, in whose arms the child Jesus deigned to rest. These private revelations were more especially given to those who were striving after perfection in order to encourage them to greater perfection still. Yet God sometimes revealed himself to wicked men, such as to Balthazar in the handwriting on the wall in the book of Daniel chapter 5. Hence, a private revelation given to anyone is not necessarily a mark of holiness. It's very important. A private revelation given to anyone is not necessarily a mark of holiness. These revelations, moreover, were no further continuation of the revelation intended for the instruction of the whole of mankind, which ended with the death death of the last apostles. They are rather a confirmation of truths already revealed. Thus Our Lady, when she appeared at Lord, proclaimed herself the Immaculate Conception, so confirming the dogma, uh, excuse me, the dogma which Pius IX had defined four years previously, and the countless miracles and cures that have taken place there have established the truth of the apparition. Yet it is always possible that the malice of the devil may introduce deceptions into private revelations, no one is therefore bound to give them a firmer belief, even though they have in general been approved by the church, than he would give to the assertions of an honest and trustworthy man. Uh, Let me just sum that up. There is no revelation past given by God past the last apostles. That's it. Revelation ceased. And yet through 2,000 years, God has appeared to men through the Blessed Mary, Blessed Virgin many times, and to many of the saints, and as was pointed out to Balaam, uh, even to wicked men. Um, and to unbelievers, as he um, knocked the Apostle Paul uh, off his horse. Paul was going on his way to kill Christians, and the, Paul, the Lord appeared to him, knocked him off his horse. But there is no such revelation that does not already square, including the Immaculate Conception of Our Lady, uh, does not already square with the revelation given and contained in the... Um, everything that was given by the last apostle. In Cardinal Henry John, uh, John Henry Cardinal Newman's book, Development of Doctrine, this was very helpful to me in my journey to the church. He explains that as a tiny acorn grows into a huge tree, he said, you can trace the true growth from the acorn 
into the tree. And you could trace, he said, the true branches back into the acorn. And you could determine what is true from what is false. And so that with the faith. Uh, the, the faith was given. The faith, once Jude says, once to give it, given to this faith. Sorry, to the saints. The faith once given to the saints. That's it. Finished with the last apostles. It's the acorn. There's a huge amount there. All the books of the world couldn't contain it. But in a sense, it's the acorn. And for 2,000 years, the tree has grown. And nothing can stand unless it is from that acorn. Not foreign to the acorn, but a development of that acorn. And you can truly trace the development like the tree with its branches. A true branch you can trace back to the acorn. You can determine what is true and false. Point five here. Revelation was necessary because in consequence of original sin, man without revelation has never had a correct knowledge of God and of his will. And also because it was necessary that man should be prepared for the coming of the Redeemer. And I I think back again to St. Paul's words to the Galatian, the law, the Torah, but the whole law, uh, the old covenant, was our tutor to lead us to Christ. The three wise men would never have found Christ if he had not revealed himself to them by means of a star. So mankind would have lived far off from God and would never have attained to a true knowledge of him if he had not revealed himself to them. As the eye needs light to see things of sense, so human reason, which is the eye of the soul, needs revelation to perceive things divine. Those are the uh, words of St. Augustine. Original sin and the indulgence of the senses had so dimmed human reason that it could no longer recognize God in his works. This is proved by the history of paganism. The heathens, the heathen worshipped countless deities, idols, beasts, and wicked men, and his worship was often immoral and horrible, as in the human sacrifices offered by him. The gods, little g, were often the patrons of vice. The greatest men among the heathens approved practices forbidden by the natural law. When, when, when the natural law was spoken, it is spoken of the law uh, placed on the heart of every human being at creation by God. Thus Cicero approved of suicide, Plato of the exposing to death of those children who were weak or deformed. Their theories, when good, were at variance with their practice. Socrates denounced polytheism, but before his death told his disciples to sacrifice a cock to Esculapius, Many of the best of the heathens recognized and lamented their ignorance of God. Besides, without a previous revelation, the Savior would have been neither known nor honored, as he ought to have been known and honored. 
it was fitting that he should be announced beforehand, like a king coming to take possession of his kingdom. We ought indeed to be grateful to God that he has given us the light of revelation, just as a blind man is grateful to the physician who has restored his sight. Yet how many there are who willfully shut their eyes to the light of revelation, even now. This last statement reminded me of a little story I read. The fact that the Savior ought to have been known and honored. It was fitting that he should be announced beforehand like a king coming to take possession of his kingdom. I remember before I was a Christian and I heard the song Silent Night, Jesus, king at his birth. How could anybody be king at his birth? And someone once said, but if, if he was king at his birth, why was he born in a stable, a feeding trough for animals? Why wasn't he born in a royal palace? Why weren't red carpets rolled out for him with horns and trumpets? Why was he born in a filthy stable, king? And the answer came, because he is the Lamb of God, and lambs are born in stables, not in palaces. He came to die, beloved. The Lamb of God came to die. Babies come to live. Babies are born through their mother's womb to live. This baby was born of Mary. The sinless Son of God came to die. When we come back from the break, beloved, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails, and we'll continue with this uh, tomorrow. We'll begin section three. The preaching of the gospel. Gospel means good news. Indeed, the Lamb of God brought new, new good news, which is why our Lord came down from heaven and the Father said on him at his baptism, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. And I'll tell you, dearest, if you don't believe, if you're Jewish and you don't believe who Christ is, he's your Messiah. And it's God the Father himself, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who said, this is my beloved son. This is the promised one. This is the anointed Messiah, which in Greek is Christos, which in the English is Christ. Same word. Yeshua is Jesus. Ha, the Mashiach, Messiah. He is Jesus, the Messiah. He is Jesus, the anointed one. Jesus, the Christ the Savior of the entire world. He came through the Jews, for the Jews, and for the entire world. Our toll-free number to call in, dear ones, with anything on your heart, toll-free is 1-877-511-5483. You may text at that number or call in with a call-in yes or email uh, at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back, dear ones.
This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 28th. Today we celebrate Saints Simon and Jude. Once again, we don't know much about today's saints despite their importance as two of the twelve men Jesus chose to follow him. Of course, we recognize one of them, St. Jude, as the patron of hopeless causes. In two Gospels, Simon is called the Canaanite, and in a third, the Zealot. Both terms suggest either that he belonged to a fanatical Jewish sect that brought about the revolt against the Romans, or that he was simply zealous in his faith. Jude gets only brief mentions in the New Testament, often to distinguish him from Judas. This suggests he was something of an obscure apostle, though at the Last Supper, Jude asked Jesus why, after his resurrection, he would not reveal himself to the entire world rather than to only his followers. Jesus assured Jude that he would make himself known to all who love him. Both Simon and Jude are last seen in the Gospels on Pentecost. After that, they disappear. It is believed they both made their way to Persia, modern-day Iran, where they were martyred on the same day in the first century. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy, and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and as I often say, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Um, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a call from Gordon in Iowa. Hello, Gordon. Uh, hello, uh, uh, Mother Miriam. Uh, how are you today? I'm fine, and I know you've called in a few times before. Yes, and I have two things that are on my heart, and oh, uh, the first one is that every Catholic hearing this uh, perform start performing the five first Saturdays devotion starting uh, uh, a week from uh, tomorrow on the first Saturday of November. Bless you, bless you. It's Our Lady's request. Go ahead, Gordon. <laughs> The five things necessary on that day, the first Saturday of the month for five consecutive months, is uh, praying the rosary, uh, wearing the brown scapular at all times. Uh, No, that's not one of them. I'm I'm getting mixed up. Praying the rosary, uh, going to confession, and the confession does not have to be on that same day. It can be a week or maybe even two uh, before or after the yeah, day. Yeah, within first. a week, uh-huh. 
in a week, I guess. Yeah. And uh, uh, pray the rosary, go to confession, meditate for 15 minutes on uh, the mysteries of the 15 mysteries of the Holy Rosary, receive, uh, go uh, attend Holy Mass and receive the sacrament of, uh, receive the sacrament of uh, uh, the Eucharist uh, in a worthy manner. And those are the five things. And uh, I misspoke several months ago in saying that Our Lady said that when enough Catholics have performed the five Saturdays devotion, uh, the uh, consecration of Russia will be accomplished. But what she did say was when enough Catholics are performed, are living the message of Fatima. That's just as, mm-hmm. just as those eight priests in Hiroshima, Japan, on the day that the bomb was dropped, we're praying uh, it, the was, it was the only two-story, the only structure standing within a mile of Ground Zero. Yeah. And I have a picture of it on the back of the Fatima, Fatima Crusader of the house. And it was a two-story wood structure, and there were eight uh, Catholic priests living in the structure. They were not harmed in any way. One of the priests had a little bit of a problem with the back of his neck, but that was the extent of it. And uh, uh, he was. They were questioned and interrogated for years and decades, and asked why they uh, were spared mm-hmm. and they kept saying they were living the message of Fatima mm-hmm. and, uh, and their mentor uh, was uh, who is now St. Maximilian Kolbe and uh, uh, the living the message of Fatima according to Mary consists of four things one is performing the five first Saturday devotion and that isn't necess- it isn't uh, uh, that you should perform at least five five times. That's what that was the promise. But uh, it's good to perform them every first Saturday. Of course, of, the month. of course. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things. Perform the five first Saturdays devotion. Wear the brown scapular at all times for our Blessed Mother Mary. And the third is pray the Rosary daily. And the fourth is do penances and sacrifices daily for reparations. And these whole, all four of these things must be done in a spirit of reparation to our most blessed, holy, immaculate virgin, Queen Mother Mary's immaculate heart and our Lord Jesus Christ's sacred heart. Because she said at Fatima that uh, at every instance, many piercings of her heart and our Lord Jesus' heart uh, occur because of men's uh, hatefulness and uh, um, sin and forgetfulness, indifference. That's it, Gordon. God bless you, my brother. You, you. This is probably the third, if not fourth, time you've called in on this, and I, I'm very grateful for your heart and for helping everybody to know more about that devotion. And I would also wish to encourage everyone to look up the first five Saturday devotion, which Our Lady asked. Um, uh, at Fatima, and um, I agree with you. Uh, many people pray the rosary daily anyway, but all that she asked, I think it'd be wonderful to to enter into that every Saturday. Gordon, I God bless you, my brother. There is another matter, Mother Miriam, that I'd like to speak shortly on. Okay. Uh, uh, just this morning, I received an email from uh, some uh, um, m- one of my former uh, Marine uh, 
uh, friends uh, when I was in the 1960s. Uh, uh, his wife sent me an email about a Dr. James A. Thorpe and a Michelle, who is a nurse in Fresno, California, who blew the whistle on all the stillborn deaths that are occurring since 2021. Because of the COVID vaccine, right. Because of the vaccines coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that video can be seen in Rumble, and it's the Steve Peters Network. And uh, he talks about BIDS, B-I-A-B-A-I-D-S. And I don't know what all that stands for, uh, but... but uh, it's a very revealing uh, uh, video. Yeah. It's it's absolutely. I haven't seen that video, but what's going on with with the COVID vaccine is um, completely demonic. So, Gordon, God bless you, my brother. God bless you and give you His peace and and keep you His good witness. Thank you, Gordon. We have a text from Lillian and Roberto who write, Mother Miriam, God bless you. Our children, ages 36, 33, 29, and 21, are away from the church. We do not stop praying for them. Do you think we as parents should be more firm in telling them they need to go back to God and the church? What would you recommend to us? My husband and I do not agree. I said we should talk more with them, and he said no, we should keep praying. Thank you. We love you. Um, uh, Wait a minute now. Okay. Um, It's not a good idea that you speak to your children. It's an absolute command from God. Liliana and Roberto especially Roberto, you have to know that your vocation is to lead your children to heaven. And if you are silent and you simply pray, you are failing in your vocation and you will be uh, accountable in whatever measure God thinks uh, for their not being Catholic, either in the way they were raised um, Uh, or you're not telling them the danger they're in. You will be accountable for that. It's not a good idea. It's an absolute must. You know, uh, Roberto, if you see one of your four children going into a building and you know the building's on fire, you're going to say to them, wait, you're going to stand at the door and not let them in, and they're going to say, get out of my way. It's what I want to do. You're going to say, you can't do that. You'll burn up and die. And if they say, I'm not interested, I'm not listening, and you can't prevent them from going in, and they're stronger than you, so be it. But you would not be a good parent if you didn't try to save them physically from the fire in that building. The fire of hell is much worse, and you know that they're on their way to hell. Uh, And if you say, well, I don't know that, they're good people, they're good children, no. Apart from Christ, apart from their returning to church, they will not see God. You must go and save them, or your love is selfish. You don't want them to come against you. You don't want to confront them. Uh, Your prayer is to just pray and not speak is cowardly and selfish. You must tell them. Faithful of the wounds of a friend, you must not be afraid of offending them. Speak the truth in love, but speak the truth. 
You must sit down with them, whether you sit down with four of them together or individually, bring them over for dinner, do something. Say, we must talk to you. We know you're away from the faith. We don't know if you ever believed it. We did our best to raise you. We probably didn't do as well as we might have done. But for you to be away from the church, you think it's our religion and not yours, but it's not our religion. It's not man-made. It's the religion God gave. There's no other name written under heaven by which we must, M-U-S-T, be saved other than Jesus Christ. And within the church he established, if you are, if you remain outside the church, you will not be in heaven. And if they say to you, well, that's, we understand that's what you believe, you say, no, it's what the Catholic Church teaches, it's what our Lord teaches, it's what scriptures teach. It's not our faith we believe it, but it's God, the religion, the faith that God gave. There's one way to heaven, not any other. And they can say, well, God understands. Well, he certainly understands, which is why he's given you scripture and parents and the church and the glory, the heavens that speak of his glory. You must repent and return you are walking on your way to heaven. And if you, if you delay and say there's time for me to do that, you die in your sleep tonight, you will wake up in hell. You must tell them that. Or you don't love them. We have an email from Maria who says, Hi, Mother Miriam. Hope you're having a blessed day. I love listening to you. Thank you, Maria. And I am having a blessed day. Thank you. I used to listen to you on Relevant Radio, but then I lost track of you for several months until recently when I looked you up and found you on this new radio station. I need your advice on Halloween festivities. We celebrate it by dressing up the kids, not in scary costumes, and taking them trick-or-treating. Also, in the Catholic school that my kids attend, they too have a costume parade, games and treats for the students. But since last year, I started not wanting to do it anymore because I learned of the evil rituals that take place on that day. However, my adult kids are very against me not wanting to celebrate it like other years. They say that we're not doing anything bad, that it is innocent, and we're just having a little fun. Please advise me what to do and say to my children, can we celebrate it without offending our Lord or not? Depends upon how you celebrate it. Halloween uh, is a Christian holiday. Um, It's All Hallows' Eve. It's All Saints' All Hallows Eve was contracted to say Halloween, and the devil put his foot in there, the way he puts his foot in everything. All Hallows Eve is the Feast of All Saints, and yes, we should celebrate it by dressing up like saints. Every one of your children, their only costume should be that of a saint, however you do it. Homemade, you don't have to buy something professional homemade, Um, put a sheet over them and tie a a rope around them and they'll be St. Anthony. Don't worry about that. But they should be saints. And no, they shouldn't go door to door in this day. I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend they get together with other Catholic children and have a little party. Um, In one church, what they've done, they've come together 
and they park their cars in a circle and they open their trunks and they have all kinds of good things in their trunks. It could be candy. Um, it could be um, books of the saints. It could be many things. And so they go from car to car and they get good, holy things and objects of God. If your children say, we're not doing anything bad, God has not saved us to refrain from what's bad, but to do good and to be witnesses in this world. And we can have a little fun, but we must, whether we eat or drink or, or, or sleep, we do all to the glory of God. Your older children do not dictate what you as their mother say. You stick to your guns and celebrate it. Celebrate Halloween as All Hallows Eve with saints and other Catholic families or just within your family and read stories of the saints. This is the music, dear ones, for our last break. Um, and we'll come right back and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. We'll be right back. We are helping to bring the Catholic community together through our Catholic Community Events page. You can discover the details about a community calendar event that you've heard on the air. Just click on the events tab at thestationofthecross.com and find your local station. If your parish or Catholic organization has an upcoming event and you'd like to get the word out, you can submit it for consideration under the events tab as well at thestationofthecross.com. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at one 877 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to the Station of the Cross and uh, Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have about 10 minutes, um, and I'm going to try to get to a few emails that have really been um, waiting to be answered for a while. We have one let me just see from who writes in. Uh, let me just see. 
all right, who writes it anonymously and says, Hi, Mother Miriam. My daughter got engaged to a guy who might not be a traditional Catholic. I have this feeling she's not going to get married through the Latin church. If she doesn't, should I go to her wedding? Well, this is a bit of a confusing email. When you say might not be a traditional Catholic, is the man Catholic? Um, if the, the 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 whole Western Church is the Latin Church, so I don't know if you mean a Latin parish, a traditional Latin parish with the traditional Latin Mass versus Novus Ordo. This isn't clear. What I'm going to guess is that your daughter is engaged to a gentleman who um, is Catholic but not traditional. Um, if she gets married. In the Novus Ordo, should you go to her wedding? Absolutely, yes. If he's Catholic, and they're both Catholic, and they're both disposed to be married, neither has been married before, there's no annulment needed, everybody's in a state of grace, all of that. If you're, if he's married in the Novus Ordo Church, of course you can go. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. If he's not Catholic, um, and she's not going to get married in the church at all, um, and she claims to be Catholic, no, you may not go to that wedding because you're going to be witnessing her uh, going into a life of sin. We have a comment from Philip on Facebook. He says, I'm a Jewish convert to Catholicism. Hello, my brother Philip. I remember when you came into the church, and we've spoken a couple of times. He says, is the no fish on Friday practice, or rather the fish on Friday practice, only meant to be followed during Lent? No. It must be followed during Lent, and it's not a rule to have fish on Friday during Lent, the the rule is the discipline is uh, not to have meat on Friday. You don't have to have fish. You can have anything you want as long as it's not meat. Um, the church after Vatican II wanted her children to grow up into Christ, and for so many years uh, there was no meat on Friday. When I was looking into the Catholic Church, I was a waitress at an Italian restaurant and saw large Catholic families come in, and because there's no meat on Friday, they had huge lobster feasts. And I said, something's wrong with this picture. It's supposed to be a sacrifice. What kind of sacrifice is it when you have a lobster feast? That's insane. And so the point of no meat on Friday is that our Lord who died for us is the Lamb of God. And to remember his sacrifice for us, we would refrain, abstain from meat on Fridays, just in to be in union with the Lamb of God who gave himself for us. So people never ate meat on Friday, and they forgot why. They weren't thinking about it. It was why? Because it's a rule, because we're Catholic. Um, and Vatican II, I think, rightly discerned that uh, meat is still the sacrifice that God would have us give up. But it's not a law. Uh, because we need to grow up into Christ. And so, for example, um, a um, vegetarian wouldn't have meat anyway, so what? there's no sacrifice. Uh, someone, um, uh, f- for some reason, who, who um, uh, would never have meat anyway, it, what's the sacrifice? So uh, the church said, no, we don't give up a Friday sacrifice, but what is no longer an absolute is to give up meat on Fridays. That's still 
the norm to give up meat on Fridays, but it's not the absolute. Therefore, you make a sacrifice on Friday. You always remember that Christ, the Lamb of God, died for us on Friday. So if you eat meat uh, and you're meant to give it up, you can offer another sacrifice. Uh, But there must be a Friday sacrifice. That's never been uh, negated. And But during Lent, it is a strong discipline. No meat on the Fridays of Lent. Absolutely. That's not a choice. The rest of the year is a choice, but the the norm is to, to not eat meat. In fact, the bishops of the United States have asked us to keep the meat, uh, keep abstaining from meat on Fridays of the entire year in, in reparation for abortion. Okay, we have an email from Sabrina who says, Hello, Mother Mary. I thank God that I found your show. I'm learning so much from listening to your podcast. Well, blessed be God, Sabrina. She says, I would like to purchase and read two books that you referenced on your show last week. The Catechism Explained in the Lives of the Saints. However, there are many versions. Are you able to tell me the publishing date or version of the books that you recommend? Blessings in Christ, Sabrina. Well, earlier today, as we were going through the Catechism Explained, Sabrina, I did mention that I'm going through that version published by Media Press. You can get it in many outlets, many retail outlets, uh, even on Amazon, although I don't want to promote Amazon. They're part of this whole One World Great Reset. I'm, it's good to not support them. But um, uh, it is the Catechism Explained, which is the Council of Trent, explained by Reverend Sparago, published by Mediatrix Press, is the one I'm using. But if it's the Catechism Explained, it doesn't matter what it looks like or who's published it. That's what it is. Mediatrics Express, uh, Mediatrics uh, Press is newer in in uh, on the publishing scene. Um, they've published a, a good hardcover, and it's a, a lower price than others. But um, it's. Um, but as long as it says the Catechism Explained, you're good. And as far as the lives of the saints, there are many lives of the saints. I may have mentioned Butler's Lives of the Saints. It's a four-volume set. But again, anyone that publishes Butler's Lives of the Saints, uh, that's good to get. Um Anonymous emails. Hi, Mother. I love listening to your show. Thank you, dear one. I've had a major reversion back to the Catholic faith in the last two years. Blessed be God. We moved to Tennessee. I quit my job to homeschool the kids. Good. And we've become traditional Catholics. With that, I have many moments of doubt. The devil is attacking me. Oh, two and two is four. What else is new? The minute you decide to live for God... You're on the enemy's side, and you will be attacked. And if you live for God, dear one, as a humdrum Catholic, going to church on Sunday and all of that, very nice, and living uh, from uh, Monday through Saturday as if there's no God or if it doesn't have much meaning in your life, then you're fine. But if you're really going to become a traditional Catholic and truly live the faith, Every day, which you could live very faithful every day in the Novus Ordo as well, the devil is going to attack you. So be prepared for that. But if you have moments of doubt, know they're not from God. Doubt is never from God. It's always of the devil. So just say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not interested. She says, the devil is attacking me. Essentially, I'm transitioning from being 
of the world to living in the world, so being in the world and not of it. For years, I made idols out of material possessions. With that, my family does not agree with our desire to become traditional Catholics, and it's been hard for me to deal with. Now, I'm going to assume something. Now, if you've been in the world and of it all this time, uh, making idols of material possessions, you've been on the devil's side, and he loves it. He doesn't have to come against you, but now you're coming against him because you're going to the Lord's side, and he doesn't like it. Now, you say we um, uh, have become traditional Catholics. I'm going to assume that means you and your husband and your children. If it's hard to deal with and you're getting attacks from your family and you're totally stressed out, I'll take this up again, our next program. But for now, you are to leave your mother and father and family and cling to your husband. Don't let your family's attack on you have anything to do with your heart or emotions. God has chosen you out of that, and you just be confident, and that's their problem and not yours. You can be a witness to them to bring them eventually back to the faith. We'll speak with you all 